Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right. All right, welcome in, everybody. Let's go for a little bit, Philip. There we go. Perfect. The Rolling Stones have never sounded better. Leave it up a little, Phil. Here we go. It's the best part. You're bringing it down. All right. There we go. Would you bring them, or, or you know, they've been out for a little bit on the road. Would you go? They were in Winston-Salem a few years ago, and then I, I think COVID messed up everybody's touring schedule. Talking about go to Guns N' Roses? Yeah, go to the little GNR show. At a yeah, I'd go to Guns N' Roses. I had a chance to go to that one in Winston. I just, I don't, I don't go anywhere anymore. You notice that? I don't, re- I rarely go anywhere. You go places, but only when they're paying you to go. You know, you're living the well, life of rich true. and famous. Well, it's not that. It's got to work. All right, um. That's good enough. It's good enough. We get it. Um, much better song than Sweet Child of Mine. This is my, for my money, GNR's favorite. Uh, best song. My favorite GNR song. So there you go. Uh, we're happy to be with you today. Uh, we've got uh, a, a stacked and packed show here. Philip the Ref Pilkington producing. Good to good to talk to you there, Philip. Glad to be you here. At, hey, what was the time on Sneed for Pro Day? Because I, I I don't think I've ever seen anything official. What What is the word on that? You were there. Yeah, the scouts, the scouts were not calling out anything, and they never told us. We even asked, I believe, him, or maybe we asked DJ Ford what their time right. was, and they had not even told the players at that point. So I haven't talked to Tom okay. or Malcolm or anybody. Got you. That's fine. I thought you, I, I didn't know if you, being the sleuth you are, the man on the scene that you were able to. Uh, to find that. All right, so some rocky weather making its way in towards our listening area. Uh, I think it was uh, a bothersome situation for uh, people near the airport in Raleigh. I think they said they had a uh, little bit of a uh, a funnel cloud spotted there, some downed trees and all that, but that's way back west. Uh, a lot of that is pushing north of us, but still uh, you're going to see some uh, rain and uh, some some conditions may be deteriorating. Uh, as uh, we get into the early evening and get going on uh, things here this afternoon. Uh, it's great to have you with us. Brian Mull will be by in a little while. We'll talk some Final Four with him. Looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to have uh, coming up uh, a little bit later on in the uh, show, 
Uh, we're going to have next segment, in fact, uh, Coach Kurt Kraft from ECU Track and Field. So uh, he's going to be on the uh, on the show with us. They've got their big event, uh, their annual home meet, the Coach Carson Invitational. Uh, have some good regional competition coming in for that. And it's a nice way to honor. They've got uh, a dozen and a half seniors. So a real nice way to kind of honor them. Uh, this weekend with their uh, home meet. They, they've had some real successful members of track and field. So we're ready with that interview, Philip. Is that right? We're, we're good to go on all that. You got uh, what you needed to get on all that. So we got Coach Kraft coming up. We do have all that. And uh, speaking of Coach Kraft, did you see his uh, first pitch that he threw out at the UC baseball game? Oh, what day did he, did he do it for the state game? Uh, no, I want to say it was like over the weekend. I want to say it was like Sunday. And it was, okay. it was quite comical. He uh, he went from the stretch. He stepped oh, off and looked a runner back at second, that obviously a ghost runner, and then uh, came back again, checked over his shoulder, and, th- and then threw home. So he went through a whole, like, a 20, 25-second uh, routine there. It was pretty cool. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You know, the first time I really met Coach Kraft uh, and, and spoke to him beyond just, you know, exchanging pleasantries, was uh, he threw out the first pitch. I, I was filling in on baseball radio for a Duke-ECU Duke, U, uh, Duke ECU game. And uh, Coach Kraft, it was around this time of year, threw out the first pitch. It was a way to kind of promote the Carson event, Carson Invita- Bill Carson Invitational, the uh, track facility, uh, just up the road. So that's, uh, that's when I first met Coach Kraft, good guy, longest tenured ECU uh, coach, head coach. Been here a while and uh, is uh, one of the real good guys. Uh, Dale Steele, speaking of guys that have been around uh, a little bit, Dale Steele has uh, retired. I remember hearing that back a few weeks ago, uh, maybe even late last year. Uh, had come back as the director of football administration, his third go-around, so he's challenging uh, Steve Shankweiler for most uh, trips here. Maybe Donnie Kay also. Donnie's only been here a couple times. Uh, he was the guy that resurrected the Campbell football program in 2006 after they had that 50-year hiatus. Coached them for five years from 08 to 2012. And uh, kind of a tough deal. They did finally kind of break through after limited success in 2011. He had six victories. That's when Campbell was uh, in the FCS's Pioneer League. But uh, Coach has been uh, at East Carolina a pair of times. Elon, East Tennessee State, was at Baylor, Kansas State, Wichita State. That's how long he's been in the game. Wichita State had football. Tulane, Wisconsin, and Ball State, in addition to the uh, Campbell stop and the stop here in Greenville, and at JMU as well. So uh, congratulations to uh, Dale Steele, who is uh, getting to retire. That's That's a nice ring to it, retirement. Uh, what a uh, what a thrill for him! So he gets to call it quits and uh, kick back and enjoy himself a little bit, enjoy his family, and uh, I'm sure he'll be uh, still be around. I'm sure we'll see him from time to time, and uh, not sure if Coach is staying in town or where he's going. But uh, hey, congratulations to Dale Steele, really good guy. A lot of nice reaction to our uh, e- uh, interview yesterday. We were going to have Coach on. But uh, we were not uh, able to get Coach Houston uh, in studio yesterday. He had something come up, so he's going to be with us next Wednesday in the studio. Uh, so we had, uh, and, and really appreciate, because we do want to, you know, not only do we talk to Coach, but around this time of year, in and around the spring game, we want to talk to the coordinators 
as well. So we got uh, Blake Harrell on, and Blake had a lot of good things to say yesterday. You could go and relive that on uh, 94.3thegame.com. Just go to the Patrick Johnson Show tab where you can download the podcast of yesterday's uh, program and check that out. Uh, we've got the final four this weekend. My last show this week. Uh, ben will be in tomorrow. I've got uh, some uh, other media obligations. So uh, Ben will be leading you through tomorrow. John Jansen is going to be on with us, IBX Media alum. So, uh, Philip, he'll join you guys tomorrow, handicap the final four for you. Actually, What's baseball the- starts at five tomorrow. Oh, they moved it up? I did yes, not see that. Yes, so um, Scooter, well, not Scooter and Coach O, just Scott will be on at 445 and uh, baseball, so no PJ show at all. I did not see. When did that happen? I did not, I did not see that. I don't know. I never saw an email. I just happened to go look at the schedule on the line. It said 5 o'clock. I texted Scooter to confirm, and... I was told five o'clock. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm not doubting you. I'm just going to double check you right now on that. How about that? Moved it up to five o'clock in Cincinnati. I wonder why. No word on that though, right? No. I did I, did I miss an email? I've been busy today. I'm not going to lie. I've been basically from 4:30 this morning. I've been on the go with appointments and meetings and all kinds of stuff. So is that? I haven't seen an email about it. I also, I went and looked, checked a few days ago, and it said 5 o'clock. I had not realized that it had originally been 6 o'clock. So they must have uh, came to this conclusion, you know, a couple days back or a week or so, maybe even. Interesting. Well, I I wasn't going to be there tomorrow anyway. I get to go earn money elsewhere. So all's well that ends well for me, and um, we'll let Jansen know. You got Jansen's number? Why don't you text Jansen for me? I do not have his number. Okay. Well, there you go. One more thing for me to do. Uh, so I'll let John know, and uh, we'll try to maybe – maybe we'll get John on Monday to handicap the national championship game uh, for us. That might be the way we uh, we go about doing that because uh, John was good enough to give us his time. John, of course, uh, big star up at Philadelphia Radio now with uh, Fox Sports The Gambler up there and our other uh, friend and colleague and uh, IBX Media alum, as we like to refer to him, uh, the Yankee boy Sean Brace up there as well, just killing it in the afternoons, killing it. Those guys do a great job during our uh, Pirate Game Day countdown with their uh, Saturday Locks segment. That's the best segment on the show, I think. I I think it's the best one. It's the one we get the most reaction from. It's an awesome segment. So thanks to uh, those guys. Uh, We'll uh, we'll let John know uh, that uh, that is the case. But good catch there, Phillip. Yeah, so 445 tomorrow and I guess 5 o'clock first pitch. Again, everything I'd seen, even I think earlier in the week, it was still – uh, a 6.15 or 6.30 airtime. So uh, there you have it. 4 o'clock Saturday noon on uh, Sunday. And uh, right now scheduled to play at 6.30 against Old Dominion at home on Tuesday. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? We just we roll with the punches and go day to day. There's people who like to say I have too many uh, irons and fires or something like that, Philip. And, and there's a reason why. Got to work. Got to pay bills. So... Work's not there. You got to go find something else to do. That's that's the way it is in uh, in my world. So uh, go do other things, uh, but uh, obviously want to do the radio show as much as possible. All right, uh, basketball this weekend. We're going to have Brian Mall. It is uh, Nova and uh, Kansas. Look up the lines for me really quick, Philip, and let me know what they've uh, adjusted to as of today. And then we got, of course, UNC Duke in the nightcap. I think Kansas and Villanova is not going to be any uh, sort of. Uh, slouch of a game, although Nova's without their second leading scorer, the Moore kid, who's probably their best player, 
most versatile player, perhaps. Uh, so that is really an advantage in the way of Kansas. I still think uh, Villanova, especially if they can make some shots, will have something to, to just stay in contact with Kansas in that one. But I, I like the Jayhawks there. And uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say I really, right now, my feel, my gut is Duke on this, but I could be wrong. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Tar Heels won. Kind of like, uh, I don't think it's quite like Kay's last uh, home game in Durham, that end of the season deal. But uh, obviously, UNC is playing pretty well right now. But I, I just, I, I kind of like the way Duke is playing right now. I, I, I'll say this: I feel badly for the players, the the, the winner of that game, because I think it's going to be a really emotional and competitive game. The winner of that game, I think, is going to have a hard time to summon the energy and the uh, emotional capital that they'll need to go out Monday night. I think it's going to be really, really tough. Going to be really, really tough. I mean, this would be like, well, it's really nothing like it. Because, I mean, if it, let's say Ohio State and Michigan met in the semifinal of the college football playoff. They still have, what, a week or eight days to get over all that before they would play again? Ten days? So, I mean, there's just not the same turnaround as you're going from Saturday to, to Monday. What are the lines, Philip? Do we have that yet? Uh, Duke minus four and Kansas minus four and a half. Okay. So, really, nothing's moved very much. If anything... I did see Duke at four and a half at some books at some point. And then there was uh, Kansas. That, that's either, I think that may have gone up a half a point, possibly. I know, I think they'll still be both very good, very well played, and, and close, compelling games. Uh, did we, I know we got some Baycott audio. Did we ever get anybody else, or is it just the Baycott cut? No, nah, the power went out on me. So I, uh, oh, I was right. too busy that's scrambling right. to get everything back up to get any more audio. Sorry. Did, did did we get the Baycott cut at least? Yes, we do have that. Well, play that really quick, then we'll go to break. What's the gist of this, basically, Philip? I somebody sent it to me, and I, I again, I've just been so swamped today that I've had to try and uh, you know keep an eye on other things while we're getting ready for the show, but also deal with the other things I had to deal with today. What's the uh, what what was the uh, what's the gist of this comment, basically? So somebody asked Baycott. This was yesterday at a Final Four Media Day. Mm -hmm. They asked him what challenges Duke plays a lot of ISO basketball, and what challenges does that, you know, put on you guys defensively? Okay, let's see what Baycott said. Uh, I would say not really too much challenge. I mean, guarding Paulo getting downhill is kind of tough, but other than that, I wouldn't say no challenges for real. All right, that wasn't as uh, spicy as I thought it'd be. No, but I don't know what he means by no challenges. I mean. They've played Duke twice this year and let up 87 and 81 points. That's 84 points a game. You're obviously not defending them too hot if you're letting well, you're 84 not points a game. Yeah, you're them. not defending them too, too terribly much. Yeah. No, I got you. Um, I think, um, look, I think it's a, um, I think it's a, I think it's going to be a, a game that would probably be, find itself in the 80s. Uh, I think. I don't, I don't think this becomes a grinder. I think there'll be a lot of free flow between these two. Both sides know each other. I think if uh, both shots are, are falling, if Duke's getting into the lane or going downhill, as you heard there, or if uh, UNC with Love's hitting some threes, I think there, there could be a chance to put a lot of points on the board for both sides. It'll be very interesting. What's your gut telling you on all this? Um, I, I do think Duke is going to win, but Obviously, my nerves are so shot, I can't tell myself that Duke's going to win because right. you know, I don't want to be let down. But yeah, I think that the team will be just come together after that 
bad loss they had at home. They'll realize the, def- the pick and roll really got to them. They're going to talk about how to defend that this week. They look good last weekend in both games playing that 2-3 zone. I think they'll go to that some. Uh, we'll see how Carolina is able to pick that apart. And uh, Both teams are going to have to shoot the rock well, though, in order to win this game, and I think Duke might be a little better of a shooting team. Look at you getting text on the air. Look at you. Wow. Popular guy. Yeah, sorry about that. I had it, I had my Popular volume up earlier because you, you know, I was waiting for a text from you and I forgot to put my phone on vibrate. So I apologize uh, to our listeners. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, you chose the ref's a busy man. We met the uh, trainer today, so we've got the ref and the potentially the trainer. That's kind of cool. So yeah, we're all hitting right. up all the uh, all the sides of sportings without having an actual athlete work here. Right. Right. Well, you got Ben, who scored on his own team in a all-star basketball game. Keep that in mind. Oh, yeah. Well, I think my uh, – I'll, I'll take my varsity playing days over his wreck uh, basketball days. Look, Ben was a triathlete. He tried. He was. And, and I'm sure Ben gave 110%. Didn't succeed. Didn't succeed, but he tried. He was a triathlete. I would guess the coaches really enjoyed coaching Ben. I could see Ben being a very coachable guy. Yeah, undoubtedly. All right, we'll break. Uh, when we come back, going to tell you about uh, a big event on the ECU Athletic Campus this weekend. It is the uh, Bill Carson Invitational, and Coach uh, Kurt Kraft will be on the other side. We'll also get to Brian Mall. So much to get into on the final show of the week, so stay tuned. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. Are you ready for a new career? An amazing company chose Greenville to be the home of their nationwide contact center. Victra is the largest independent retailer for one of the nation's largest cellular providers. And Victra's Greenville contact center is growing rapidly. Victra is now hiring multiple positions for consumer sales, business-to-business sales, retail store support, customer care, and operations support. Benefits include incredible commission potential, paid face-to-face training, medical, dental, vision, paid time off, a 50% discount on your wireless bill, access to wages prior to payday, and 401k matching. Victra is now hiring both full and part-time positions, and top performers earn $25 to $28 an hour. All of their sales and service opportunities are inbound only. No outbound cold calls, no telemarketing. You will earn top dollar for every sale you make while working in a fun environment with a team of motivated professionals. Visit pit-jobs.com to apply now. Longer days, warmer weather. This is that time of year you need to be enjoying life without pain. Hi, everybody. It's Patrick Johnson. Time to call QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics is helping people here and all over America get real, lasting pain relief. They use highly concentrated, cutting-edge natural biologic treatments that can restore and repair damaged joint tissue, getting to the root of the pain. It's life-changing. You can get back to moving like you used to with no drugs, no surgery, and no downtime. If you have nagging pain in your knees, hips, shoulder, or back, and you're done with steroids and pain meds, call QC Kinetics. And if they're telling you surgery's your next option, don't do it. Call QC Kinetics for a free consultation and a free second opinion. Learn more about these amazing natural biologic treatments. Enjoy this time of year doing what you love. Call QC Kinetics. 252-756-PAIN. That's 252-756-PAIN. 252-756-PAIN. 
Do you own a timeshare? Well, face the facts. You made a mistake. You made a bad purchase. A timeshare is not an investment. It's a money pit that continues forever. If you use your timeshare, that's great. But if you don't and you want to legally get out of your contract, call my friends right now at the Timeshare Exit Hotline. They're an experienced team of lawyers who help good people like you get out of a timeshare contract that they just don't want. Don't throw away your money on maintenance fees. Use it for things you really want. We can help you end your timeshare contract and stop the money drain immediately. If you are ready to move on with your timeshare, call our team right now. Cancel your timeshare now with a free call. 800-289-0413. 800-289-0413. That's 800-289-0413. Greenville's top sports show is back. Well, isn't that special? The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. just coached an All-American last track season. He is uh, a man who is uh, the dean of ECU coaches. Friend of the program, Coach Kurt Kraft, joins us uh, here ahead of the 8th Annual Bill Carson Invitational that will be taking place on the 1st and 2nd at the Minji's Family Field at the Bait Foundation Track and Field Facility. ECU, UNCW, Virginia Tech, the Citadel, Mount Olive, and UNC Pembroke participating as the women vie for a fifth straight championship. The men look to claim the team title for the fifth time in the last six attempts. Uh, Coach, it's always great to talk to you. How are you, my friend? Uh, Absolutely. Thank you, Patrick. I appreciate you uh, having me on. I know you're a really busy guy, uh, but I appreciate your support. Uh, Thank you so much. All right. Uh, Hey, let's talk about the indoor season a couple of weeks ago before we talk about the uh, Carson Invitational uh, in some detail. Uh, How'd the Pirates do at the indoor championships? Yeah, thank you for asking. We uh, we went to Birmingham, Alabama, in late February, um, and we we did really well. I couldn't have uh, I couldn't have been more pleased. You know, we've we've got the men and the women, obviously, and on the women's side, um, you mentioned it at the top of the, the show here. Uh, Summer Knight, she has been kind of the poster child of our of our women's program for the last five years. She was uh, a conference champ, and she was uh, third in America last year. Uh, at the NCAA Outdoor Championship. So Summer's done a wonderful job of, of constantly, uh, you know, uh, leading this program. Uh, a lady by the name of Brooke Stiff uh, did really well for us at the indoor meet as well. She ended up going 13 uh, meters in the in the triple jump, 42, nine and three quarters. Uh, she set the school record as Summer did in the pole vault. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the women's side, uh, very, very good. On the men's side, we had a guy by the name of Royal Burris uh, that was a conference champ. Um, in the 200-meter dash, he's from the Charlotte area, from Harding University High School. He was second in the 60. Uh, so all in all, you know, both sides did very well. The women were seventh, uh, uh, seventh place. The men were um, were were sixth place. So um, it built a lot of momentum going into this outdoor season. We couldn't have been happier uh, the way we come out of that uh, indoor championship. Hey, coach, uh, this weekend the Bill Carson Invitational. If uh... I asked you the question for those that may not be uh, inclined uh, to tell us who Bill Carson was. Who is he? Yes. Um, you know, I, I, I've been uh, fortunate enough to be here for um, 17 years, um, Patrick. As you mentioned, I'm the dean 
of the coaches here at ECU. But back in 2005, the fall of 2005 is when I when I came to ECU. Um, Bill Carson uh, was was here when, when I first showed up, and and uh, Bill Carson is a legendary uh, track and field coach that's been 40 plus years, four plus decades uh, as the track and field coach here on campus, and and he was kind of the face of East Carolina University of of the, of the athletic department and, and uh, you know when he was out and about um people knew bill carson is ecu uh but bill passed away i believe in 2012 his wife still lives here in town uh she comes out to the meet this weekend uh we take and we recognize her and give her a standing ovation but um we named the meet after him and um w- what a great great uh, accomplishment to name the the track and field meet after uh, after bill carson but he was a staple here in the community as well as at the university. Everything starts on Friday at the Bill Carson Invitational, uh, again, Friday and Saturday at uh, the track facility uh, at East Carolina on the athletic campus. Uh, Coach, uh, what what gets underway on Friday? Yep, on Friday we do the three long throws, as they say. Um, we do the, the, the men's and women's hammer, the men's and women's javelin, and the men's and women's discus. And the reason we host, those on Friday is because uh, it's a logistical situation. Our facility um, uh, doesn't allow that to, to have those implements thrown uh, on the day of the meet, which is on Saturday. So we throw those three long throws for safety reasons on Friday. Uh, so we're out there from 10 to 6 uh, with those three throwing um, uh, events. And then uh, the bulk of the meet gets going on Saturday morning at 1130 and another thing that we do on Saturday is we honor 17 seniors, uh, which is a really, really neat thing. And that's at 10 a.m. on um, on Saturday morning. Um, they get marched out by their parents and their grandmas and their family members. Um, and it's something we started a number of years ago. We make a nice frame, a nice plaque with a picture of them um, inside. So that's probably one of the highlights of the day that I look forward to each and every year is the is the senior day. By the way, the pole vault and jump events, uh, speaking of summer night, 1130 on Saturday. If you want to watch, ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the vicinity and you're looking for something to do later in the afternoon, uh, I would encourage you to get there no later than 4 o'clock. If you're just going to watch one event in a track and field, the 4 by 4 The women's at 4.15, the men about five minutes after that. It's the most exciting race in uh, the sport. There's some tremendous races, but that's the one that's the most exciting, the relay, the 4 by 4 So, Coach, uh, how are we looking in the races, particularly the aforementioned 4 by 4 You know, you mentioned the teams that are here, and I appreciate that, Patrick. We've got uh, UNCW, the Citadel, Mount Olive, UNC Pembroke, ourselves, and the Virginia Tech is uh, sending a small contingency. And what I like about the meet is uh, I call it neighborly, if you will. I use the word neighborly. We're neighborly to, you know, to the southeast here with uh, UNCW, our friends, and then we invite our friends over from Mount Olive, and uh, and then we have uh, the Wil- Wilmington group, and I'm sorry, the Citadel group. Um, so it, it's a nice meet. It's small. It's scored. Uh, one thing that people don't understand about track and field sometimes is they can be long, drawn-out days. Well, this is a um, kind of a quick version of track and field. Uh, but to mention what you just talked about, the 4 by 4 absolutely one of the most exciting events. Um, of all the track and field. And when you think of the Olympic Games, you know, what, what closes the Olympic Games? What puts the ribbon and the bow on top of, uh, on top of the whole thing is the four by four at the Olympic Games. Um, 
So those are, uh, that's a grueling event. You know, you got to be able to run really hard and really fast for, uh, you know, once around that track, but um, that anchors, no pun intended, uh, the meet on Saturday afternoon. Uh, it is the eighth annual Bill Carson Invitational starts tomorrow. We'll continue on Saturday in earnest, uh, and you can uh, check that out. It's going on at the Minji's family uh, at the Bates Foundation Track and Field Facility. Uh, Minji's family field at Bates and Track and Field Facility. And uh, it'll be taking place tomorrow and Saturday. Our great friend, Kurt Kraft, with us. Hey, Coach, thanks a lot for the time. And looking forward to seeing how the Pirates finish this weekend. Best of luck in going for another women's championship and another men's as well. Absolutely. Thank you, Patrick. And um, as always, I appreciate your support of uh, ECU Athletics and uh, specifically Pirate Track and Field. Absolutely. There he goes, Kirk Kraft. Well, maybe you're tired of having to work on the weekends. Maybe you're fed up with working too many hours. Maybe you're bored with your job. You just might want to make more money in a new career. I want to tell you about Victra, the largest independent retailer for one of the nation's largest cellular providers. Victra's Greenville Contact Center is now hiring. Victra has open positions for consumer sales, business-to-business sales, retail store support, customer care, and operations support. Great benefits that include commission potential, paid face-to-face training, medical, dental, vision, paid time off. Get a 50% discount on your wireless bill, access to wages prior to payday, and 401k matching. Earn top dollar while working in a fun environment with a team of motivated professionals. Victra, even though it's the last day of the month, still is uh, getting close to their goal of hiring all the workers they wanted to for this month alone. There'll be uh, positions to be hired in April. But uh, don't wait. Why don't you go ahead and uh, get involved, get in the pipeline today with Victra, if you will. Head to the website, pit-jobs.com. That's pit is in Pitt County-jobs.com to learn more about Victra. All right, uh, Brian Mull coming up in five minutes. Right now, Philip Pilkington with a sports update. Halftime of the show here on 94.3 The Game. Thanks, Patrick. Philip Pilkington here with your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. ECU's Director of Football Administration, Dale Steele, retired today. Coach Steele had rejoined the Pirates back in December of 2018. This was his third stint with the team. He was the wide receivers coach from 1989 through 1994 and the Director of Football Administration from 2013 to 2015. Coach Steele had also spent time under Coach Houston at James Madison. On to the NFL last night, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers announced that Bruce Arians will step down as the head coach and pursue a role in the front office. The team has promoted defensive coordinator Todd Bowles to head coach. Bowles will have a five-year contract to start his second career head coaching job as he was at the helm of the Jets from 2015 to 2018. Patrick Peterson said last night that he plans to re-sign with the Minnesota Vikings. Now moving over to the hardcourt, Notre Dame's Blake Weasley and Santa Clara's Jalen Williams have declared for the NBA draft. We'll hear more about college basketball with Brian Mole after this timeout. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of Pirate Football, 94.3 The Game. 
Chico's in downtown Greenville is celebrating 39 years in business all month during March with a special anniversary menu. Grab your amigos and enjoy blasts from the past menu favorites like Cancun oysters, chili dog, costillas, and the pollo limon. The celebration doesn't stop with your favorite Mexican food. Drop in for one of those famous Chico's margaritas in the bar or outside on the patio. Hurry in. The celebration menu ends March 31st. Chico's, where the fiesta never ends. Country Mart stores of Pitt County are locally owned and part of your community. At Country Mart, they offer that great Shell gasoline with Shell rewards that save you money at the pump. And these days, that's really important. And don't forget Smitty's Restaurant at the Highway 11 store with great lunch specials daily and Pat's desserts that will be the best you've ever had. The Stokes location also offers hot food. Country Mart with two locations, Highway 11 between Greenville and Bethel and Highway 903 in Stokes. If you want the best steak in eastern North Carolina, then remember this name. The Seahorse Steakhouse, 2301A Stantonsburg Road in Greenville. They serve USDA prime ribeyes aged 50 days, cooked to perfection by Crystal. The Seahorse Grill Master, guaranteed to be tender and juicy. The Saturday Night Prime Rib is an experience you'll never forget. It's the most flavorful, tender piece of beef you'll ever eat. Delicious is an understatement. You're sure to leave full and satisfied. But if you have room to spare, a generous slice of one of their homemade cakes will take care of that. So the next time you want a really good steak in a relaxed family atmosphere, remember the home of Daddy's Steaks and Mama's Cakes. The Seahorse Steakhouse, Stantonsburg Road, Greenville. Whether you're enjoying dinner with your one or celebrating a special occasion with your group, do it at Caripsy Restaurant in Emerald Isle. Start with handcrafted signature cocktails, only $8 Monday through Thursday. Follow with an exceptional steak or delicious locally sourced seafood. Caripsy's menu changes frequently, allowing them to offer unique seasonal dishes. Caripsy now offers a new bar food menu and is proud to announce their famous crab cakes to go. Shipping details of these mouth-watering crab cakes coming soon. Dine with us Monday through Thursday, 5 to 9, or Friday and Saturday, 5 to 10. Takeout from 5 to 5.30. Reservations by calling 252-424-8400. Or give the gift of Caripsy by purchasing a gift card online at caripsyrestaurant.com. Caripsy Restaurant, 8921C Crew Drive in Emerald Isle. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. Riding on the city of New Orleans. Illinois Central, Monday morning rail. Fifteen cars and fifteen restless riders. Three conductors and twenty-five sacks on me. We got Brian Mull uh, at BG Mull on Twitter. Covers college basketball, covers uh, golf. He'll be in Augusta next week. Before we get into the final four, Mull, um, Tiger going to play in Augusta? I know he played the practice round, right? Yeah, came up, uh, came up from Florida, where apparently he's been uh, 
getting after it pretty hard down there at the medalist for the last week or two, according to some reports, and came up with Justin Thomas's buddy from down there and uh, his son, Tiger's son, Charlie, and uh, played on Tuesday. Uh, I, I believe he was scheduled to play again on Wednesday, okay. and uh, I'm sure he's uh, trying to see how his body responded to being able to, you know, walk. I don't know that he's done a ton of walking. Certainly one of the most difficult courses to walk in America down there at Augusta National. So I would imagine we'll have a decision sometime tomorrow. I do not think he'll drag it out until next week. I think he'll know uh, whether he's going to be able to give it a try. And uh, regardless, he will be in Augusta next week. He said he was planning on coming to the Champions Dinner either way. So uh, oh, Brian. I would say right now it's kind of optimistic for those who want Tiger to play that, that there's a – there's a decent chance, a pretty good chance that he's going to try give it a, give it a go next week. That, that is not a hit and giggle, though. Next week, no. Uh, but his experience, if, if he feels his leg can withstand the uh, the walking and the stress and the quick recovery of having to come back and you know play multiple days in a row, that is the one golf course. In professional golf, where experience matters more so than anywhere else, and the way that they set the golf course up the first two days, if you can just play smart and control your ball and know where not to miss your shots, you can make the cut, as we've seen Bernhard Langer do in in his 60s and Couples did well into his 50s. Um, So I think that's probably, you know, that would obviously be a a huge victory for him just to play four rounds. But uh, we shall see. Yeah, I think we'll know. That's this time tomorrow, hopefully. Okay. Betting market, uh, very active around Woods right now. All right, uh, we'll, we'll get into that next week when Mull's down in Augusta. Uh, Brian Mull co- uh, covered college hoops, part of Lenardi's team, Blue Ribbon, other outlets as well. Uh, so, uh, Final Four this weekend, how, how have you viewed the interaction amongst media, fans, compared to the normal hype for a Duke-UNC game? Well, the game always attracts a a pretty fair amount of national coverage, and um, I'm sure as anyone who is not a fan of Duke or UNC would tell you, ad nauseum uh, pregame hype, uh, especially before that first meeting, it always seems like that game, because it's so late now in February, uh, that game receives a tremendous amount of of hype, and then obviously the season finale this year with it being Kay's last home game uh, did as well. But uh, I, I think... Yeah, it's accelerated. This is the Final Four, but um, as big of a deal as it is that Duke and Carolina are meeting in the Final Four, the bottom line is there's four teams in New Orleans that are trying to win a national championship. And, uh, yes, it it will probably be remembered a little more fondly by the fan base if they can uh, vanquish their arch rival in the semifinals on the way to doing it. But at the end of you know, the end result is – at this point, when you get this closely, anything shy of a national championship uh, leaves you feeling a little empty-handed. And especially in a year like this where there's not a dominant team, I think the four teams who have obviously played the best to this point or playing the best at this time of the year are you know, assembled there and uh, feel like they all have a pretty equal chance. Uh, you know, We're not looking at a dominant force uh, like we've seen in, in some recent, recent years. So... Uh, uh, Duke and Carolina, somebody's going to play for the national championship out of that game, but were the winner of that game to come up shy, I don't think the, the victory would, would, it, it would, it would ring pretty hollow. 
if if you would see wins, I mean, because this is the the well, we got K in, or if they lose, well, we got K in his last home game. I mean, this is a little, in a way, a little bigger, isn't it? Isn't it? It's much bigger. It's much bigger. I mean, uh, I think anybody would tell you that, that that competes. Like it was painful for Duke to lose that game, especially in the fashion getting dominated in the second half by North Carolina. Um, well, we have the last six minutes. Especially. I think they were a twelve-point yeah. favorite in that game, which is just unheard of in this rivalry. And then to lose by 13. But, you know, regular season losses, even one as, you know, significant as that one, a pale in comparison to what happens in this tournament. Uh, this is why we, you know, this is the most popular, most, it's the best sporting event we have. And there's a reason for that. And you have to win six games in a row, and it's very difficult. And you just play who's in front of you. And it just so happens it's Duke and Carolina. I mean, yes. The Carolina fans will always have that, uh, but I don't think uh, you know. Were they to lose on Saturday night, I, I, it might it might uh, diminish it just a little bit as well. Yeah. All right, uh, Brian Mull with us here. I, I want to get into some of the other game as well, but uh, let, let's just talk a little bit about how the teams have gotten here and then what they have to do. So Duke got here. Why? Because you know, not only did they lose the game against. Uh, UNC, but then I didn't think they played particularly great despite getting to the finals of the ACC tournament. So ultimately losing to Virginia Tech. Uh, so what changed for them in that period of time from uh, that Saturday night in Brooklyn to uh, starting this run in Greenville, South Carolina? Well, I think this is a group in general. Things have come pretty easily to them throughout their basketball playing lives. And you know, they, they had the marquee game with with Kentucky to open the season. They won that. They had the big game in Vegas against Gonzaga. They won that. Uh, they won the ACC regular season championship. Yeah, a few bumps along the way. But, um, you know, you're talking about one and two-point losses, really, up until that North Carolina game. And then, uh, you know, here comes a team they had beaten by 20 easily uh, a month before. And, you know, they got it handed to them. They uh, they were they were totally outplayed and then um, you know quick turnaround ACC tournament I think the defense had slipped to answer your question the defense had slipped and I think with the condensed schedule uh, having to play so many games and having to play so many road games in the back half of the ACC that they didn't have a lot of practice time and um, when you're in that you know you're kind of just managing rest with a shorter bench and you, you can't really address your weaknesses and and uh, maybe have a couple of those tough practices, which it sounds like they had prior to the, their opening game in the NCAA tournament. And I think uh, we see it all the time where tournaments, uh, sometimes conference play allows the team to reset, if you will, and then sometimes it's the conference tournament, and then ultimately you hope it's the, it's the NCAA tournament. And I think, uh, you know, they, they, they had two pretty uh, embarrassing, in their eyes, losses. I mean, they lost to two very good teams in North Carolina and Virginia Tech, but, uh, you know, but neither one of those games was really close, and and I think that opened up their eyes that if we do that again, our season's over. Right. Um, UNC obviously uh, came in and played what was at the time their best game of the year against uh, against Duke in Durham, uh, but then they also got bounced in the semifinals by Virginia Tech. So, what would, what what about them? You know, has has gone from you know where they were uh, 
quote unquote bubble team. I would argue they're eight. They're being seated eight. They were never really truly on the bubble. But uh, where 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 did things turn in their season, and what have they done really well in your mind? Other than you obviously caught a break in the regional final playing uh, by in uh, for a chance to go to the final four. No disrespect to St. Peter's, but child please. Um, well, that was certainly, uh, you know, a, a fairly easy Elite Eight game, and there aren't many easy Elite Eight games. But uh, I thought the turning point for Carolina came back in February. Uh, they had lost to Duke, and then they won a couple, and then they had the really bad loss at home to Pitt. And, and we're facing a, str- a stretch of the schedule where uh, it looked like they could lose a few more, and they were certainly firmly on the bubble at that point, 18-8. and eight. 10 and five with no real meat as far as victories and uh, had really just been humiliated whenever they had played a top tier opponent. And they went on the road and won at Virginia tech and uh, closed the regular season with five, five wins, three of them away from Chapel Hill. Uh, and, and one of the games at home uh, uh, the Syracuse game uh, was, you know, a game that they probably would have lost earlier in the season. And uh, they found a way to kind of pull that one out in overtime and I think their confidence just just kept building. I think they've started listening to Hubert Davis. They quit turning the ball over so much, and they got a little tougher um, on the interior, which has held up during the tournament. Uh, they've they've defended inside the lane much better than they were earlier in the season, and uh, they've shot the ball incredibly well. You know, when you look at the two teams, they've almost flipped what we've become accustomed to seeing from Duke and North Carolina in that North Carolina is shooting a tremendous, way more threes and making them. They've made 40 threes in their four NCAA tournament games. And uh, whereas Duke's been much more of an interior drive the lane, two point shooting team. And, uh, you know, Carolina has been on, they're playing with a ton of confidence and they certainly have talent. I mean, they have an all American inside and, and they have, uh, you know, a, fifth-year player in Manic who's playing as well as anyone in the tournament, and two five-star guards who, are, who have played like that over the last couple of months of the season. All right. Give me an idea uh, about uh, who you like uh, this one and uh, why it's bounced between four and four and a half out of Vegas all week. Well, I mean, you, to understand the line, you kind of have to understand where the line's been this year. Duke was favored by three in Chapel Hill, and they were favored by 12 at home. Um, which was obviously, uh, you know, is a lot and, and whatever. But those numbers, they, they do matter as far as what the power ratings think of the team. So that's kind of on a neutral court. Uh, makes sense that Duke would be a, a four-point favorite. Obviously, Carolina's playing better than they've played uh, most of the season than, you know, maybe what their actual rating is. Uh, they're 16th, I think, in Kim Palm, and they're they're certainly playing better than that at, at this point. Um but I think, you know, preseason mat- rankings kind of matter, too, when you factor all of that in. And uh, certainly where uh, the expectations for Duke were higher uh, entering the season, um, you know, I think it's a fair fair line. Uh, I don't think the game's going to be close. And I don't have any idea who's going to win because I think the teams are so different. Whoever can create their style and get the game that they want the game they the way they want it and, and win a couple of those key matchups is going to win and maybe in convincing fashion. Um, I just think there's uh, there's two or three pivotal matchups. Duke's got to be able to handle the, the the middle pick and roll, which absolutely killed them in Durham, and they've got and 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 keep Manic from being such a threat, and they've got to get on the defensive glass, uh, which is something they've done you know, better in the tournaments, but in the tournament, but they've still allowed some offensive rebounds at times. And then on the other end, uh, you know, 
Carolina's got to deal with Bancaro. Leaky Black has uh, has logged most of those minutes, but I think Bancaro is a different player than he was in either of those first two matchups. And uh, they've got to deal with Mark Williams. Um, you know, he's a problem. Uh, Baycott and Williams will be an epic battle, but I think Williams has been Duke's most important player outside of Bancaro in this tournament. All right. Uh, other game really quick with Brian Mull, uh, college basketball scribe. Villanova's Justin Moore out, uh, and uh, yet oddsmakers still think this is a close one. Uh, what what do they know, or, or what should we know about Villanova other than their closers, and they got maybe the best active coach in this whole thing uh, with Jay Wright and uh, the, the Jayhawks. I mean, Jayhawks are still favored by the oddsmakers, but there's other metrics that have this thing really close, even with Moore out. Yeah, I mean, Ken Palm has this as a one-point game, uh, so certainly Moore's loss and absence factored in for a few points there. But I just think uh, when you look at Villanova's body of work, when you look at how, how well they've played on the defensive end during the tournament, uh, I think that you j- – and, and I think the amount of respect that Jay Wright <laughs> has from anyone, including the people in Las Vegas who watch college basketball – is tremendous, and and they feel like he's going to he's going to grind the game down and 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 make it a low possession game, and and which should keep the margin a little bit tighter. And uh, you know, as good as Kansas is, um, they're they're certainly uh, you know they, they've they've shown a few weaknesses at time. They had a fairly easy draw, in my opinion, uh, to get to this point. I mean, beating Creighton, Providence, and Miami. Uh, they've they've not really uh, been tested since the Big e- Big Twelve uh, championship game against Texas Tech, and um, you know I think Villanova is going to find a way. I mean they just seem to find a way to hang around, and uh, they've been on this stage a little more frequently than Kansas in recent years, and I think that's that's worth something. Uh, they will have come in uh, having real awful Kansas uh, their last uh, nine in a row. And uh, have averaged 76 of the tournament. Villanova's allowed 55 of the tournament. So something's got to give there. Who do you like and why? I, I like Kansas. I just think Moore's absence, uh, that, that's a big loss for them. Uh, you know, they'll plug in, next guy up. But this is a team that just hasn't been especially deep. And, uh, you know, losing losing a guy like that, um, or, you know, certainly one of your best five players. Um and then, and then having to go deeper into the bench and ask, uh, you know, someone who who hasn't had a lot of, a lot of opportunity to step up on the Final Four stage, uh, that's that's just a, a lot to ask against a Kansas team that's probably with Remy Martin back on the court. Probably it's the best it's been all year. Uh, and then, who do you got cutting down the nets Monday night at this point? Um, man, I think Kansas is going to be tough to beat. I, I, I just I see a scenario where whoever comes out of that Duke Carolina game is exhausted, yeah. um, mentally, emotionally, physically, and, and Kansas uh, maybe cruises over Villanova and, uh, and and you know has an opportunity to kind of slip in the back door, if you will, and uh, and steal the steal the championship. Okay, very good. Hey, uh, appreciate it uh, very much, Brian. Uh, enjoy Augusta next week. We'll figure out a time to get in touch with you down there and uh, get a report from live uh, on those hallowed grounds. I uh, look forward to it. Very good. Everybody right. enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games.
All right, there he goes, Brian Mull. Uh, follow him for more uh, golf insights, some college basketball analyses uh, at BG Mull on Twitter. We'll break. We'll come back and we'll get ready to uh, wrap things up after this. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of Pirate Basketball, 94.3 The Game. Runners to your mark. Set. Some may see a sprinter. At the NFHS, we see a future leader already off to the races. Some may see a volleyball player. Good hit! Way to go, girl! At the NFHS, we see a spike in confidence that will help her achieve her potential. What else do we see? Musicians learning to march to their own beat. We're the NFHS, the national leader and advocate for high school athletics and activities in America, helping today's teenagers develop the skills they need to become tomorrow's leaders. And we see it happening in communities across North Carolina every single day. Learn more about the NFHS commitment to youth at NFHS.org. This message presented by the NFHS, the National Federation of State High School Associations. At the Vidant Wellness Centers, happy starts with healthy. And we all need a little happy and a lot of healthy. That's why we offer exercise equipment and classes. I know. They're into pools and personal training, too. And more wellness services. Like nutrition and yoga. With no annual commitments or hidden fees. Zip, zilch, nada. Because here, it's more than a gym membership. It's a happy, healthy relationship. Sign up today at VidantWellnessCenter.com and... Don't forget to bring a friend. Filing your taxes online is secure, and you can do it safely from home without a trip to the post office. Most of you can file online for free through NC Free File, available only at the ncdor.gov website. You'll also get a confirmation when your return is submitted. Just go to ncdor.gov. Sponsored by the North Carolina Department of Revenue and the North Carolina Association of Broadcasters in cooperation with this station. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. All right. Uh, thanks to Brian Mull. Thanks to Coach Kraft for being with us. And uh, thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, baseball to Mars been moved up to five at some point. Who knew? And uh, we'll uh, have coverage for you all weekend of everything going on with uh, Pirate Baseball on uh, the flagship of the Pirates, 94-3, the game. And uh, we'll also have uh, our uh, Inside the ECU Clubhouse segment with Coach Godwin on Monday. Preview the national championship game, recap the Pirate Baseball weekend. So another active uh, weekend of sports in Eastern Carolina. I think uh, Pirate Softball is playing at home this weekend. Is that right? Uh, that is correct. Opening a yep. home league playoff against South Florida. There you go. So uh, good good uh, luck to Coach Winkler and the group uh, there. Uh, all right. So we'll be back on uh, Monday with uh, a fresh edition of the show. Looking forward to that. Again, thanks to uh, Philip the Ref Pilkick did an excellent job. Big thanks to uh, Brian Mull for being with us, and also thanks to the uh, one and only uh, Coach Kurt Kraft. Best of luck uh, to the uh, Pirates as they play host to the uh, annual Bill Carson 
Invitational at the track and field uh, facility there. All right, have a uh, great weekend. Enjoy the Final Four and uh, enjoy all the sports uh, this weekend. And it's WrestleMania. You didn't know about all that wrestling knowledge in that meeting today, did you? No, I no didn't, clue. but I do know that CJ and Ben want to watch WrestleMania at my house during the Final Four, so I might have to fight somebody. No, you're going to have to put the quahitas on that. Send them to Ben's. Send CJ the Pirate to Ben's. That's what I was thinking. Kidding me? Glad you told me that. All right, have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy the Final Four, and uh, we'll catch you on Monday.